This is the DGen Football Podcast. I am your host, Darius, and with me, as always, my two great friends, Mitch and Bean. And boys, the season is uh, starting to wrap up, at least the regular season. We've got uh, some NFL playoffs starting to form. Uh, We've got our first two teams eliminated officially. Um, So we've got a lot to talk about in this episode. We're into December So we've got a lot of recapping to do of week 13 of the NFL season. We had some upsets. We had a tie. We had some blowouts, uh, some controversy, some injuries, lots of cover there. So we're going to kick it off with our betting recap. And then we're going to give our winners of the week, our losers of the week, and then wrap up week 13 with our fantasy football recap. Uh, Then we've got a whole new slate of games coming up in week 14. Um which weirdly enough, we've got six teams on by this week. But besides those teams, we've still got our Thursday night game, meaning we've got a Thursday night preview. We'll talk about that game, give our picks, and then we're going to give our picks for the weekend slate. We're going to go with our locks of the week, our long shot bets, our overs, our unders. And then after we do our betting picks, we're going to wrap it up talking our games of the week. So boys... Let's get right into it. I'm really excited. But Bean, how did we do betting in week 13? You know what? Uh, I think it's pretty safe to say that the most no, the most common number in terms of like our betting scores at the end of each week has to be two and three. And so much so that this week all of us were two and three. So um, I was the only one, I think, who hit on my lock of the week which was the Cowboys minus 11. Um, I really thought, uh, Darius, like like you would have probably as well, that you know this was the week after going 1-5 and, and then 0-5. Oh this was the week, you know, I mean, mathematically speaking, that we were supposed to hit our lock of the week, but we didn't. There were some surprise results. Um, but yeah, I, I, a couple of our bets, I, I think we all had the Miami Dolphins as well. Um, and then Mitch, I know you had the under in the kc cincinnati game which you know unfortunately was my over um so we kind of cancel each other out on a couple of these bets so mixed bag again yeah yeah for sure and i gotta give um worst bad beat of the week to mitch uh he chose his over as the commander's giants over 40 and a half mitch i am so sorry that game went into overtime at 2020 and then nobody scored. So uh, <laughs> that that is the honorable worst bad beat of the week. I, I feel bad for you, buddy. You know, I have become the biggest proponent for having college-style overtime in the NFL after this week. You just hate to see it. Yeah, yeah, I can't blame you there. Um, although, I've got to say, like, ties normally annoy me just because, like, they really mess with the playoff picture, especially when it's an in-division tie like that where they're both battling for wild card spots. But for some reason, since it's the second tie of the season, like it doesn't bother me quite as much. I don't know how you guys feel, but 
like the first tie really bothers me because it doesn't look symmetrical looking at everybody's record. But now that there's two ties, I'm like, oh, well. Yeah, it's funny you say that because one of my honorable mention winners of the week was ties because they're just kind of electric when they happen in football. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, there, there was no other game or no other way for this game to end besides a tie. Um, neither team wanted to win it at the end. They both looked terrible, made some bonehead decisions. Um, Brian Dable made a very, in my opinion, questionable punt towards the end of overtime. Like he was playing for a tie. Um, oh, well, that, I mean, it was a fun game to watch, so I, I can't complain too much. Um, but Bean, going back to what you said, our lock of the week parlay is now officially down seven units on the year. Um, brutal look, brutal look. That's all I can say there. Um, but it's okay. We can write the ship this week. We've been hot with long shot bets. Um, so maybe we can mix in a good lock of the week parlay here this week. Um, and then have, have all our listeners up money on the year. Um, but even if not, I, I hope everybody knows we've made it very clear to this point that we're not the greatest betters. Um, so maybe, maybe listen to us for entertainment, but don't actually take anything we say. Agreed. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um cool well betting recap aside where we all went negative on the week we've got our winners and losers of the week so mitch let's kick it over to you first um i know you gave an honorable mention as ties as the winner of the week uh who completely won week uh week 13 for you you know boys I got to go with something that pains my heart and say that Tom Brady, the old man, won the week. He's officially 3-1 and one since his divorce. And the Buccaneers now lead their division at a staggering 6-6 six and six overall. He let a comeback drive with three seconds to go. So I got to hand it to the old man. Tom Brady won the week. Yeah, I hate to say it. I hate to see Tom Brady succeed. Um, but at the same time, he won me a lot of money last night, um, because it was just one of those games where I kept telling myself every time the saints would like go up by more, like this just smells like the type of game that Tom Brady's going to find a way to come back. So I ended up betting a somewhat irresponsible amount of money on the Buccaneers, but they ended up coming back and winning. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, it's only irresponsible if you miss, right? <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> Um, yeah, great pick as much as I hate to say it, but that's an awesome pick. Uh, Bean, any on Mitch's winner of the week and who was yours? Well, yeah, I, Mitch, I like the pick cause I think it was like three minutes remaining in the game and they were down two scores. Um, yeah, the saints didn't help Tom Brady's cause, uh, sorry, their own cause. They helped Tom Brady, but yeah, he made some, he made some key throws at the end after missing many open throw i think there was one especially to julio jones which would have been a touchdown earlier in the second half that he missed completely but uh yeah it, oh, i like the pick um honorable mention for me is uh, jalen hurts um a reason why is because a lot of people don't think jalen hurts can be like a, a big passer uh and he threw up uh, sorry he threw 380 yards this week 
um, against the Tennessee Titans. Pretty good defense as well. Just aired the ball out to all his receivers. Devontae Smith had a field day. A.J. Brown was absolutely stellar. So he's an honorable mention. But my winner of the week, I'm sorry I have to say this, Mitch, is the Cleveland Browns defense. <laughs> like, there is no way I'm not mentioning that as my winner of the week. In a game that had just one offensive touchdown, 27-14 Cleveland win. They gave up 283 yards. They had two interceptions, two forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries, um, and one return for a touchdown. Um, all of this without having a sack. Uh, and on the day when Deshaun Watson was like half the player he normally is, um, that was just a crazy performance by the Browns defense. So they're my w- winner of the week. Yeah, they only scored a third of your fantasy points for you. <laughs> Legit. <laughs> Yeah, I need some luck, okay? It's okay. I, I was giving you the win this week. I'm trying to help my boys make the playoffs. Thanks. Thanks, Mitch. I uh, I need it. I need some luck this week. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's funny, Bean, that you made the Browns defense your winner of the week. Uh, I'll come back to this in a little bit. But one of my losers of the week are the Texans. Um, for losing by 13 and giving up zero offensive touchdowns. Um, that's impressive. That's that's mm. hard to do. Not going to lie, that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I just, I love the fact because, like, with everything in me for the rest of Deshaun Watson's career, I will be rooting against him and anything he does. It, I mean, it doesn't matter that I'm a Steelers fan. And like, I root against the Browns anyway, like I'll always root against Deshaun Watson. And so I was really rooting against him this week. And then I just think it's hilarious that like his team won, but it has nothing to do with he, what he did. So, um, yeah, I just thought that was funny. Um, but my winner of the week, before we get on to losers, give it up to the man, Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy. Um, Come in after the first drive of the 49ers. Unfortunate scenario. And then he throws for 210 yards and two touchdowns, leading his team to a dominant victory over the Dolphins and beating the Dolphins, giving the Dolphins their first loss of the season where Tua plays the entire game. Um, so shout out, shout out to Brock Purdy. Can the 49ers still be the uh, dominant squad even without Jimmy G or Trey Lance for that matter. Um, Does the quarterback even matter on the 49ers because they have so many other weapons, but either way, week 13 coming off the bench, Mr. Irrelevant. I believe he was the first ever Mr. Irrelevant to throw for a touchdown pass. Did I see that right? Uh, You not only saw that, right? He is the first Mr. Irrelevant to ever complete a forward pass in general. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, super shout out then. Winner, winner of ever, winner of the NFL, period. End of story. Yeah. <laughs> and to answer your question, yes, the 49ers can still be a dominant team. And um, no, the quarterback doesn't matter. I'm pretty sure you could plug me in there and they we could still win the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you t- take a snap from center and give it to Christian McCaffrey or Debo Samuel? If the answer is yes, then you'll be just fine. Yeah. Uh, cool. Great winners of the week. Let's move on to, let's go to losers of the week. 
Uh, I'll kick this one off because I already mentioned the Texans, uh, but they were not my entire loser of the week. Uh, as I kind of mentioned in the intro for this episode, we had our first two teams eliminated from the playoffs. So the Texans, you are joined in by the Chicago Bears as this was of the week because you are gone from the season. Um, keep losing games at this point. Get your draft picks. You're currently sitting at 1-2. Um, I gave Texans the extra nod on loser of the week because of how they lost their game this week with the no offensive scores given up. Um, but yeah, losers of the week, they're they're out of the season. Their last four or five weeks don't matter. So Bears, Texans, yeah. sorry. I, uh, I said this to you guys before we got on here, though. As a, a Bears supporter, I absolutely love the fact they have the number two pick right now. I think you 100% trade down to the bottom of the top 10. You get a second first-round pick this year. Maybe even a, a, uh, another one next year or a second-round pick this year. And you just, like, go absolutely crazy because you don't need a quarterback. We've already established who their quarterback is going forward. So you pick up some offensive linemen, a couple receivers, and all of a sudden the Bears – could be a powerhouse in the next couple of years. You never know. Yeah, you you, you never do know. Um, I do think they have a, a great piece to build around in Justin Fields. It's just, excuse me, a matter of if they can put, one, weapons around him, and two, give him a pocket of more than a second and a half. Um, but Mitch, since you're uh, chatting it up already, who's your loser of the week? Well... I can't talk about the Bears anymore this episode because they're not playing next week. So my loser of the week harkens to the fact that every quarterback in NFL history not named Justin Fields is the loser of the week because he did something in one month that no one else has done in their entire career. And that is run for three 50-yard touchdowns in an entire career. Just a mind-boggling stat. No one since 1925 has done this. And uh, it's pretty wild to me that of all the great running quarterbacks we've had in the league, you know, Lamar Jackson, uh, going back to the days of Michael Vick, that they didn't have super long touchdown runs on a regular. And uh, so, yeah, I'm putting every other quarterback in history on blast this week because I can. Yeah, that's kind of nuts because I know we were really young when Michael Vick was in his prime, but whenever I watch replays of him, like I swear every single replay is him either throwing an 80 yard bomb or rushing for an 80 yard touchdown. So the fact that he doesn't have even as many as Justin Fields of 50 plus yards is, I don't know, that, that's mind boggling. So great stat there, Mitch. Yeah, I would have probably told you that Michael Vick had at least five or six. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, I mean, if they, if that shows you anything of the upside of, of Justin Fields in that he's so young into his career and if he can just stay healthy and actually get some weapons around him, I mean, he's going to be dangerous. He's going to be dangerous. Yeah, saying that, my other loser of the week, though, was the Ravens because they lost their running quarterback because he got injured. So, yeah, that's yeah, the, it's, the it's down brutal. Um, and, and I don't like to celebrate anybody's injury, but from a betting perspective, um, 
one of my season long bets this year was the Bengals at only minus one thirty just to make the playoffs. And with Lamar Jackson going down, I now like the Bengals to win the AFC North. So, and I put a pretty decent chunk of change on that bet. So it's going to be a nice little win whenever the Bengals hopefully don't blow it. Yeah, I, I like it. I love the Bengals to make the playoffs. Yeah. And, and Tyler Huntley, honestly, as far as backup quarterbacks go, not as bad as you can do. But, I mean, he's just – he's not Lamar Jackson, which, I mean, they only they only beat the Broncos by one, if, if that's anything right there. <laughs> also, have you guys seen the stat – or the, the guy keeping the stat of uh, Russell Wilson's bathrooms versus touchdown passes? I saw that last week for the first time and I laughed for probably five minutes straight. (laughs) Yeah. um, He has 12 bathrooms in his house and he has, I believe eight touchdown passes this season. Um, And so now it's like a race against the clock of can Russell Wilson throw more touchdowns than uh, bathrooms in his house. (laughs) That's crazy to think that, We'd be pulling out that stat like in week fourteen now of the season. Oh man, it's it's been such a bad season for the Broncos. Um, and again, guys, we I, I don't know. I, it was my under of last week, and 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 their their offense was one of my losers of the week. So yeah, it's kind of crazy how they can't just even get anything going. No, and I mean, like at the beginning of the year in our preseason episode, like. I picked him as one of my possible MVP candidates. So like, I don't know. I, I really don't know what's going on with the Broncos. I don't know if it, we, I, and I mean, we've talked about the Broncos so much on this podcast this year. Um, but I mean, it's hard not to, it's hard not to. Um, yeah. Something's wrong. Something's got to change, but I mean, just for the sake of the Broncos as a franchise, I'm hoping it's a head coach problem and not a, Russell Wilson problem, but if it is a Russell Wilson problem, man, they are down a lot of time and a lot of money. Yeah, they're kind of stuck with him at this point. They owe him way too much money to get rid of him. Correct. Yeah, guys, and speaking, uh, keeping it along the line of potentially slash already terrible trades slash trade ideas, um, my actual loser of the week was John Robinson, the Tennessee Titans general manager who was fired today and he was one of the people behind the aj brown trade to philadelphia oh uh, no. i mean that's uh, that's, <laughs> that's kind of poetic justice so uh yeah definitely loser of the week yeah and honestly had i i've been paying closer attention last week um i mean i know hindsight's 2020 but i would have put money on aj brown to at least score a touchdown or two just because I, it just hadn't struck me that this was his first big revenge game against his former team. Um, and of course he went off. So yeah, I just, I, I felt for AJ Brown when he was on the Titans, I felt for him when he got traded and like, it, it's hard not to be happy for him now. Yep. Finally a decent quarterback who can actually throw the ball to him without having to rely just on Derrick Henry. Yeah. Yeah, if, if you boys ever want to, like, worry about your own jo- job security, the Titans are currently three games up on the Colts and the Jaguars in the division. And uh, those might be two of the worst teams I've seen outside of the fourth team in the division being the Texans. 
Yeah, I think. Well, I'm I'm sure we'll do a a postseason episode where we'll we'll give some just like random awards, and I think uh, the worst division award is going to go to AFC South <laughs> or the NFC South. I mean, they're pretty. Yeah, know, they're they're on heels as well. They're like, oh, we want to be the worst. Um, well, it's a good thing all those you know Southerners got the SEC to root for because man, their NFL teams are bad. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like at least the NFC South, like they kind of beat each other up. At least like that's the claim that they can make. Whereas like the AFC South is just they're just bad. They lose to everybody. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just it's just terrible to watch. It's not even good football sometimes. No, no, I did not enjoy a single thing about the Titans getting beat by 25 to the Eagles. <laughs> um cool. Any other losers of the week? I think that was everything. No, that pretty much wraps it up. Oh, I'm just going to throw in Zach Wilson there as well because Mike White is going off despite the loss. So, Dude, Garrett Wilson is back in fantasy. All it took was getting rid of that stupid uh, BYU quarterback. Mitch, I told you there can only be one Wilson in offense for the Jets on the field. So if that has to be Garrett Wilson. He is electric, so I will take that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is, is Zach Wilson seeing his last snaps as a Jets starter? Um, yes. Can Mike White lead, lead, lead them to the playoffs? We'll see. I, think I mean, interesting conversation. Garrett Wilson had a, a pretty positive quote to uh, say about his quarterback. So, yeah. 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 Anyway, let's wrap it up with our fantasy football recap, and then we'll get on to week 14. So, guys, who uh, – Be- Bean, we'll start with you. Who is your high scorer in week 13? Well, first of all, Mitch, you and I had a very roller coaster week. Um, I wasn't keeping tabs on fantasy, you know, during the uh, Saints-Buccaneers game. Um, for those of you who don't know, Mitch had Taysom Hill as his tight end. And uh, the Buccaneers defense, and I had Mike Evans. Um, but to start off with, my high score was the Browns defense at 41 points. As I mentioned earlier, they had all those ridiculous takeaways and scores against the Texans. Um, Robbie Gould, my, my, the kicker, had a decent amount of points as well. Uh, unfortunately, Zay Jones, the uh, Jacksonville receiver who I just picked up this week, did not have a good game. He got me only two points. Um, but yeah, just that that end, Mitch, was just a roller coaster. I was like, when when Taysom, there were two moments yesterday where I was really scared. The first moment was when Justin Herbert threw a 35-yard touchdown pass to uh to Keenan Allen, and you have both of them. And then Taysom Hill catching a 30-something yard touchdown pass in that game. But then after that, the Bucks defense just just kept giving yards up. So that kind of helped my cause a little bit. Yeah, I thoroughly expected when that Taysom Hill touchdown happened, I was like, yes, that might be the win. And then just nothing else happened for me that game. Yeah, yeah I hadn't I hadn't realized before just now how close your guys' matchup was. But but Mitch, like like you said, trying to trying to help the brothers out and and get us into the playoffs. Um I don't know who you play this week, Mitch, but uh if it's anybody who I'm battling with a playoff spot for, if you wouldn't mind just, you know, dominating, that would be very, very nice. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I'm fairly locked in to second. I think the worst I can do is third place in the league for the regular season. Um, you know, as, as you guys mentioned, Bean, I think we traded leads about four times during the course of that game. Yeah, it's um, so, crazy. You know, bit electric. Um, Garrett Wilson was my top scorer, balled out. Um, unfortunately, Jalen Waddle got injured in the middle of that game, which really derailed my efforts to uh, to pick up another win on you, Bean. But I'm not too mad about it. You know, he came back. It looks like his injury is not super serious. So as long as he's healthy for the playoff push, I am more than happy with that one. More concerning to me is the fact that Derrick Henry didn't score hardly any points. Uh, the Titans just absolutely got housed. That's fine. But yeah, uh, Mitch, I a few weeks ago on this podcast, I had mentioned how, like, because of my season-long bet on Derrick Henry, I was really rooting for him, and I was happy at how well he was doing, and you were high on him. Um, but he's had a couple stinkers in a row. Um my season long bet is on him to lead lead the NFL in rushing yards, um, which he was for a while. And then after a couple stinkers in the row, he's now a little over 200 yards behind Josh Jacobs. Um, and I just don't think he's going to make that up in five weeks. Uh, so just not unless Josh Jacobs gets hurt. Fingers crossed <laughs> that he does not. <laughs> Yeah, and Darius, this is a season where I don't think Jonathan Taylor has been a factor either. So, like, Derrick Henry, like, needs to, like, step up. Remember he had a game last year in Seattle where he had, like, 200 yards and three rushing touchdowns? He needs, like, a game like that. Yeah, yeah. Here, So, next week, Derrick Henry is going to rush for 300 yards. Josh Jacobs is only going to run for 100 yards. And then they'll be back neck and neck. I see what you did there for your I... purposes. <laughs> I absolutely love it. I'm just checking who I play in fantasy next week. Um, I play. Ooh, I play the number four team in the league next week. So I would 100 percent be down for it. Yes. <laughs> um. Anyway, my so my team was pretty well rounded this week. My high scorer was uh, Tyler Lockett with 23 points, um, but right behind him with 22.9 was Christian Watson, Josh Jacobs with 20, Samaje Pirine with 19, Tom Brady with 21. So I was kind of all over the place in just that like upper teens to low 20s range. Um, Tyler Lockett is is balling out. Uh, Geno Smith, shout out to him for his first ever game winning drive. All right, so we are back after some technical difficulties. Uh, I got cut off in the middle of saying how Christian Watson is balling out as a rookie, um, and how he's probably going to be a fairly high fantasy draft pick next year. Um, but he's been doing great for me. He's been a great waiver pickup. Um, my low scorer on the week, um, as has been recently, Foster Moreau with a little bit under four points. Uh, Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams are that entire team. So tight end Foster Moreau. He had one catch last week for 32 yards. Um 
I'm just praying that I can make the fantasy playoffs and Dallas Goddard comes back off of IR. Um, it's very, very sad. Um, he has now missed his minimum four games, so he's eligible to come back whenever. But man, do I need him now more than ever. But anyway, I think that's enough about fantasy football. We had those technical difficulties. So week 13 has felt like we've talked about it forever. Any last notes before we move on, guys? No, I, I think we went through quite a bit of the week. It was a great week of football, but uh, week 14 is right around the corner. Yeah, and kicking it off, uh, an absolutely exhilarating matchup between the Las Vegas Raiders and the L.A. Rams. Um, I don't even know how to kick this one off. The Raiders are six-point favorites, and the over-under is 44-and-a-half. Bean, say something interesting about this game. Yeah, you got me there. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. It, I think it is interesting for all the wrong reasons. Is Derek Carr going to choke again? Um, well, in recent weeks, he's been pretty good. Um, first Ever of all, since he cried. Exactly. I think it's like 3-0 and or something. <laughs> it was a loss to Indy. I think it was a loss to Jeff Saturday in his first game. But since then, he's been pretty solid. They've been winning one-possession games. Josh Jacobs, Darius, as you noted qu- quickly previously, is uh, is just playing like a beast right now. Um they're running, relying on the running game, but also Devontae Adams is getting his yards, 100-plus uh, yards, and I think he had a couple of scores last week as well. Um, even John Wolford was limited in practice today for the for the Rams, so I don't even know if he's going to be starting this week. He's questionable. Um, we saw Bryce Perkins play one game. Wolford played the last one. They still put up 23 points against uh, Seattle last week at the Rams, but you know, Cooper Cup is on IR, which sucks for me. His season's probably done. Um, I don't know. They just haven't got Van Jefferson going. And Tutu Atwell seems like he's having a decent role suddenly. It just feels like all these, like, players who we ridiculed on the Rams for being, like, fringe players are now, like, suddenly coming to the forefront. And add to that Baker Mayfield, um, with who they just got on waivers today. So, it, it's just... It's just a lot of like hodgepodge for the Rams at the moment. OBJ is definitely not going back there. Um, so my bet for this game is actually, you know, there is J- Josh Jacobs to have 100 y- rushing yards and Devontae Adams to have 100 receiving yards, both at plus 300. That is my Thursday night bet. Wow, that's bold. But we have talked about how those two players are their entire offenses um so i do like the pick i like the pick a lot um and i'm gonna build right off of that although as i'm looking at the lines right now uh DraftKings apparently took down one of the bets i was gonna take uh so my official uh thursday night pick is going to be Devonte adams anytime touchdown scorer but I hate the odds on it because it's minus 150. Um, I think they temporarily took down their pick for people to score two plus touchdowns because I see three plus touchdowns, but not two plus touchdowns. Uh, Devonte Adams was plus 350 to score two or more touchdowns. He has done that in three of his past five games. 
Uh, so whenever or if they ever put that bet back up, I will take it. Um, but for now, since it's not there, I will make my official pick, Devontae Adams, anytime touchdown score, because he has been going off and he's got 12 touchdowns on the year. Mitch. Well, boys, the only thing I need to say about this game is they have said it's a possibility Baker Mayfield might start for the Rams. That's a tragedy. It's going to be a disgusting game to watch. But I'm going to enjoy having it on in the background on my Thursday night as I watch Josh Jacobs' anytime touchdown score hit at minus 150. Not my favorite odds, but the best thing that I like out of this game. No, I'm totally with you. I uh, I think I'm a bit scared off after the Rams played the Seahawks close, which I get it. The Raiders beat the Seahawks two weeks ago. Um, but the Raiders this year are just unreliable from a betting perspective, let alone by six points at an away game. And who knows anything about the Rams? So I, c- I cannot touch the spread nor the over under because I genuinely have no clue what's going to happen in this game. But I like our picks of Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams because they are the most stable things in this in both franchises combined. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me to wake up on Friday morning or maybe if I can stay awake through this whole game to see the end of it and the Raiders win this game by 20 or lose this game by 20. I would be not surprised either way. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Um well, I'd be surprised if they lost by 20, but I would not be surprised if they won by 20. But I wouldn't be surprised if they lost, period. By a one-possession <laughs> game. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know about the whole I mean, <laughs> by 20. Baker thing. Mayfield might have his glory days out, and uh, he might throw for like 700 yards, but I highly doubt that. But Since I, I, there's no way he starts on a short week like this, I, I bet you it's going to be Wolford. Um Although, I, I mean, if, so, if he's but... if he's injured, I, I I just I watched that whole game between the the Rams and the Seahawks because I had a bunch of money. Uh, he, uh, the last leg of my parlay was uh, Seahawks money line, uh, so I, I watched the entire end of that game, uh, or the entire game period, and I like I can't remember an instance where it was like, oh yeah, Wolford's gonna miss some time. Yeah, I don't know. This is gonna be an interesting game, like you guys mentioned. It's just not. It's just not the flashy game that we want to see. We've got those coming up on Sunday, so we should be covered on Sunday. Yeah, it's going to be the an interesting game for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I will say um, DraftKings has put the two-plus touchdowns thing back up, so they must have been temporarily adjusting the odds. Um, so I am making my official pick a little bit more exciting at plus 350 instead of minus 150. Devontae Adams, two-plus touchdowns in the game. Um, I like to think that it's going to be the Raiders just passing all over the Rams and them not being able to do much about it. Anyway, enough about that game. I don't think many listeners nor us really care about that game. So let's move on to the weekend where we've got lots of really good matchups, some good spreads, uh, some good over-unders. And I think it's time for us to finally hit another lock of the week parlay. Mitch, kick us off your leg of it. What is it and why? All right, boys. I am sticking in the great state of Ohio. 
with the Cincinnati Bengals minus six and a half against the Browns. Let me start this off by saying the Bengals are not the Texans, as I think all of us can very much agree on. (laughs) Your defense is not going to win you this game. Joe Burrow is going to put up a lot of points. He just outdueled Patrick Mahomes. I don't think the Browns can score. Deshaun Watson might be washed. I'm not saying he's exactly washed yet, but I mean, he hasn't played in two years. You really don't know if he's a good quarterback anymore or not. So uh, to me, this is a very easy bet at Bengals minus six and a half. Locking in. Even with the knowledge that Joe Burrow still has yet to beat let alone cover the spread against the Browns? I don't really care about, you know, I I understand that. And last week the big thing was, oh, Joe Burrow has never lost to the Chiefs and he kept that streak going. Guys, it's the Browns. Come on. But you, you do realize they lost, the Bengals lost by 19 on, on Halloween day to the same Browns team, except obviously a different quarterback. Would I be on the the crazy train for thinking that Jacoby Brissett might be better than Deshaun Watson? Um, and as much as I just pushed back against your pick, uh, no, I think at this moment in time, this specific moment in time, I think no. Plus, the Bengals are a much better team at home than they are on the road. Um, I actually do like the pick a lot. I was just kind of giving you crap for it. So (laughs) Uh, we'll we'll lock it in. Bengals. I'm actually seeing them at minus six right now. So I'll give you that minus six instead of the six and a half. Oh, nice. Um, Bean. I love it even more. With a a great second leg. All right. So I was looking through uh, through the spreads this week, and I don't know how. Um, the Minnesota Vikings are two-point underdogs against the Detroit Lions. So I had to take that. I, I, is it just me or, like, you know, is that too obvious? The Vikings have won three games, I think, in a row since that the maraudering defeat to the Cowboys. Um, and just to piggyback of what Mitch said, that the, the Bengals are not the Texans, I'm going to say the Lions are not the Cowboys. Um, in that they are going to put up a lot of points, uh, you know, against a decent defense. Well, they have put up good points against the Seahawks and things like that. But I think this is a game where Detroit will come back down to earth. They put back put forty points up last game, but they're not going to do that against the Vikings. I think it's not even a prime time game, so I don't have to worry about Kirk Thuggins um, <laughs> mass massacring his own offense. But um, yeah, I think I think the the Vikings. Covered their last two, three home games pretty well. Um, you know, the Jets are not a an easy op- opponent. It was a tricky game for them. Um, and, yeah, I just I just think if they're able to stop the run game, which I think they should be, or at least mute DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams, I think that – I don't know how they're two-point underdogs. So that's my lock of the week. I think uh, – Have the Vikings won the division yet? They will I if they win they this have. game. No, they they because the Lions won it, last okay. week. Okay. So yeah, so I, I, I like that even more because they're gonna come out and be like, okay, let's get into the playoffs this week, and then we can coast through the rest of the season. So I kinda like that going for them. Yeah, I being I, I'm with you. And, and Mitch, I love what you said about them like playing for the division here. 
But Bean, I'm with you. I saw that plus two line, and it's just one of those lines that you look at, and it's like, what does Vegas know that I don't? Yeah. Um, because the Vikings are ten and two. Like they've only lost two games. Like, and they've been favored in most of their games this year. So, like, why are the Lions favored? And and I know that it's because they've been hot, but at the same time, they're still a five and seven team. Like, I don't know. I I don't see it. I don't get it. I I like it. I really like it. I'm afraid it's a trap, but I'm with you. You can't not put it in the parlay. Yeah, honestly, when I saw when I saw this line, the first thing I did was look up like, are there any major injuries? Is someone like Justin Jefferson injured, or is like a Dalvin Cook injured, or is Kirk Cousins like neck injured because he has too many chains on? <laughs> it, it was it was none of those. So I was like, I agree with you. It's like Vegas. Does Vegas know something? I don't know, but I had to take it. <laughs> yeah, I and I and I know pretty much like the majority of the money is going to be on the Vikings this week. So so Vegas is hoping for a Detroit victory. Um, but again, I think it's just the, the case of everybody being high on the lions, the lions being at home. I don't know. I hope, I hope the Vikings can come through and I'm starting Kirk cousins on my fantasy team this week. So I would especially like the Vikings to come through. Absolutely. Um, all right, let's wrap it up. My leg of the lock of the week parlay. It's another trap line. It's another line. I don't like the spread. I like the team, but I don't like the team at the spread. I'm taking the Tennessee Titans minus three and a half at home against the Jags. Um, I think if you look, if this line is made two weeks ago, it's Titans by a touchdown. Um, but because the Titans have played poorly the past two weeks, I think you're getting them at a bit of a discount. The Jaguars, I think, were just proven to be not a good team with their game against the Lions last week. Whereas the Titans have taken two straight losses to two potential Super Bowl contenders in the Eagles and the Bengals. I think they're going to get this is a get right game for them at home against a division rival who's terrible. Um so I like them to win by three and a half. Yeah, Darius, this is the uh, Derrick Henry 300-yard game. Yeah, I, I really uh, do hope so. <laughs> I really do I hope so. I was really just about to say that. 100%. <laughs> I absolutely love this pick at minus three and a half. Yeah, I wish it was minus three, not three and a half. But either way, I think it's a good pick. Um, the Jaguars don't have a great run defense. They give up 114 rushing yards per game which means Derrick Henry, to me, is bound for a huge performance. Um, I think enough said there. I just And the Jaguars are terrible away. They're 1-5 this season away. So I just I, I don't see any explanation. Not that this season or any NFL season really has much of an explanation, but I don't see any explanation on how the, the Jaguars even keep it close. Um. I don't think I love these it. Two teams... by about go ahead by about four o'clock. We're going to know if the lock of the week parlay hit or not. Yeah. Yeah. We've all got the, uh, the one o'clock window chosen and uh, the Jags and the, the Titans, this is, this was going to be my point have not played yet this season. 
Um, and I, I realize season to season, there's big differences. Uh, but last year, the Titans won 37, 19 and 20 to nothing against the Jaguars. And I, I think it's going to be a pretty similar result. And actually their game in Tennessee last year was the same week. It was uh, December 12th of 2021. And this year the game is taking place December 11th, 2022. And Derrick Henry wasn't even playing in that game in Tennessee last year, and they still won 20 to nothing. So uh, let's run it back and win 40 to nothing this year. Yep. And and uh, and make some cheese on the uh, luck of the week parlay. Exactly. So we've got a uh, plus 595. We've got Bengals minus six, Vikings plus two, and Titans minus three and a half. I know I say it every week, but I love it this week. We're bound. We're due. Let's lock it in, boys. Um, great. So before we got on this podcast episode, before we started recording, we were chatting and for our long shot bets of the week, which just as a quick reminder, have to be plus 200 odds or higher. All three of us agreed that they are difficult to come by this week. Um, I know I took an unconventional pick, uh, but I'll start with you, Mitch. Uh, what is your long shot bet this week? Going with a kind of weird one. The New York Giants money line against the Eagles at plus 245. To me, the Eagles at some point are going to win another game or lose another game. I'm sorry. Um, I think... They are locked into the playoffs, or if not, they're basically locked into the playoffs with just waiting for, you know, the weeks to pass before they get automatically just placed in there because it would be terrible. But, yeah, I just – something about the Giants is is speaking to me this week. Saquon had a bit of a a slow week last week. Um, It's, you know, in Jersey, so, you know – Going to have that home crowd going a little bit on a uh, a nice Sunday afternoon. I don't know. To me, Giants money line just was the most appealing of our long shot odds. So that's uh, what we're rolling with. Um, I mean, I don't know if uh, I like be... it, but it's happening. Yeah, I'll just be honest. I I hate the pick. I think it's terrible, but. They call it a long shot bet for a reason. I'm seeing plus 260 for the Giants to win. Um, so, I mean, you get good good odds there, especially, like you said, for a home team. The Eagles did lose a division game to the Commanders. So, I mean, anything's possible in the NFC beast this year. Um, so, again, I don't love it, but I don't hate it as a long shot. I think – the Giants stand as good of a chance as anybody else. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, if I could, I, I would pick Justin Fields 50 plus yard touchdown run, but I can't do that. This <laughs> week, so. Not this week. Uh, but yeah, being being your long shot. So I went for an alternate line as well. Um, and I, I know we mentioned that the lock of the week for Mitch was the Bengals minus six or six and a half against the Browns. Well, my long shot bet is the Cleveland Browns minus one at plus 225. Um, 
I, I just thought it was interesting that, so I just went through the alternate spread and I found that. I think, I don't know, we just spoke about the, the sort of curse that Joe Burrow has against the Browns. He's probably going to break it this week. Um, but, you know, if, 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 the, if the Browns that we know that usually shows up in AFC North games shows up in this one, and their defense plays like they did last week or even half as good as last week, then, you know, they could make it tough for Joe Burrow. And it, it's we've seen before, he's had games where he throws for like three interceptions. Um, and then those turnovers prove costly. But I don't see it happening. That is a possibility. But, yeah, that's why I chose it as a long shot. Yeah, and, and again, you're playing with the patterns. You're playing with the fact that Joe Burrow has not beat the uh, the Browns. So uh, I almost picked that as my long shot bet. Um, but as Mitch said, with the lock of the week, I do think it's finally the Bengals' time to just dominate the Browns. Absolutely, yeah. I think this is the game where they come out swinging. Agreed. Um, so just a little bit of background. I took a very, very unconventional approach uh, to my long shot bet this week. Uh, last week, as you guys, not the listeners, but you guys know, um, I had a bit of a rough day betting college football. Uh, so I did as any degenerate gambler does, and I placed a big parlay to try to even back up my money, and it hit. Um, so what I did last week is I did a four-leg parlay, all alternate lines. So I took the Lions plus three and a half against the Jags. I took the Steelers plus three and a half against the Falcons. I took the Vikings just money line. And then I took the Seahawks just money line or no, I took the Seahawks minus three. Sorry. So it was a, a four leg kind of teaser parlay for just under plus 500 odds hit that, which won me a lot. So I'm sticking to my guns there. And this week, the lines that popped out at me that I could take as alternate lines that I think are locks. We've got the Chiefs bringing it down from minus nine and a half to minus five and a half. The Ravens, instead of plus two and a half, I'd taking them at plus seven. And the Vikings, instead of plus two, I'm taking them at plus six. Combining those three legs for plus 218, I, I think that it makes a good long shot. Um all three of those individually, those alternate lines, I think are great plays. And so I think combined they will hit for some, some decent payouts. I what love it. I think if you wanted to make it even crazier, you could do an alt line Cowboys minus 14. Yeah, I thought about adding the Cowboys, but to be honest, if I wanted to make it like feel pretty strong i would have wanted to take that down to to 10 and at that point it wasn't even worth it with uh with the line that i or the odds that i would have got on that line but yeah i i thought about i i was gonna put a fourth leg in there but i was already at the plus 200 odds that we require for long shot and i didn't want to push my luck too much uh so i just took that and i actually feel really good about it so uh worked for me last week let's see if i can hit it again Probably not, but that's why it's a long shot. Yep, solid yeah, solid. No, uh, yeah, I definitely like those three. Those are probably my three favorite ones that I've seen. Yeah, yeah. To me, the the Chiefs are just a much much better team than the Broncos this year. The Broncos are not going to stay within a touchdown in this game. Uh, 
the opposite for the Ravens and Steelers. I don't care that it's Tyler Huntley. Um, Ravens Steelers games always end within one score and the Steelers, especially this year have not gotten any of their wins by more than a score. And then finally, like we said, how are the Vikings underdogs to the lions, let alone going to lose by a touchdown. So that's why I took them plus six. Um, but let's go to our overs. Uh, Mitch, let's, let's kick it off. Uh, I heard you kind of scheming before we got on to the official recording today. So who is yours? There's two of them that I really like. I like, well, you got to choose one. And... Yeah. So I'm going to say the one I don't like first as much. It's the Vikings lions over 53 and a half. I like it. I think it'll hit. It's a little bit of a high number and the lions offense concerns me a little bit. So I decided to go back to my old man, Tom Brady and we're going over 37 and a half with the 49ers Bucks. I think the 49ers score 35 points in this game. As we said, I don't care who their quarterback is. When you have that load of an offense, you're going to score 28. It means I need the Buccaneers to get me 10. I think even crippled Tom Brady is going to get me 10 points. So over 37 and a half is a lock for this game. I love it. And, uh, I think we actually had kind of backwards thinking where the one I liked a little bit less was the game you picked in the 49ers and the Bucks. Um, just because the Buccaneers defense is pretty good and the 49ers defense is the best in the league. So I don't know how much Tom Brady is going to put up, but 37 is a tiny number. So I think they can definitely do that. Um, but I did take the Vikings and lions over 53 is what i got them at my only reasoning is these teams put up a lot of offensively they average a combined 50 points per game their defenses average giving up 50 points per game combined and they both give up 414 yards per game defensively so i'm like that is just a recipe for like a 34 31 final yeah, but Darius, now, now that you picked the over 53, this game is going to end 28-24. Don't do me like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope not. Serious, as, long as, it's, uh... as long as it's 28-24 to the Vikings. Yeah, exactly. So the lock hit. With four touchdown passes by Kirk Thuggins. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> We want uh, some true Big 12-type vibes in this game where there's 40 points scored in a quarter. I would not be disappointed. As long as it's not uh, a Vikings-Cowboys. The last time I picked a Vikings over, it was when they got blown out 40-3 to against the Cowboys, and all they needed was one touchdown to hit the over, and they couldn't even do that. Oof. Anyway, good vibes only. We ride. Let's ride. Bean, what is your spicy over? Well, Darius, I went to your uh, lock of the week. And uh, Jacksonville, Tennessee, over 41. As uh, we we both mentioned, the, the Jaguars love to give up points. And the Tennessee Titans need it after last week. This is Derrick Henry's comeback sort of game. Uh, as in comeback from a slump. Um, they're at home. It's a division game. I don't think they need any sort of 
riling up for this one. They, the, the Tennessee offense should be ready for it. Only miss might be Traylon Burks if he is out after that dirty hit um, when he caught that touchdown pass against the Eagles. Um, but apart from that, they, they should have everyone healthy, and I think the Tennessee Titans should cover the three and a half and win with uh, a bunch of points. So, 41. Yeah, I like it. Um, I almost picked this one, especially because the Jaguars have actually done a pretty good job of uh, putting up some decent points this year. Um, yeah, I like it. I like it. I like the Titans to win by about a touchdown. So, I think it's going to be 28 to 21 final. Yeah, I like that. Let's go the opposite route. Bean, I'll shoot it right back to you. You're under for week 14. So, yeah, I don't know. There were there were a couple of interesting unders in this one. I wasn't completely convinced. Um, you know, obviously, like, it's easy to look back to the Broncos, but I think there's one game that really stood out to me, and that was the Monday night game, Arizona against New England. The over-under sitting at 44. Uh, I've gone for the under in this one because, um, well, I guess the Patriots put up 10 points last week. Um, their def- defense does not give up that many points. They're pretty decent as well. Uh, Mac Jones is not throwing for a lot. Um, it'll probably be a, a running game for them through Ramondre Stevenson. Granted, the game is in Arizona and not in New England. Um, but even even the uh, Cardinals don't put up a lot of points in general. Um, they are Especially coming off at of- home. Yeah, exactly. I, I think you mentioned it last episode that they have like a one in five or something on that record at home. One and six now. One and six now, yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't think coming off of the bye week is going to change anything. Um, yeah, 44, I think it's going to be a little a little bit of a reach for these two combined. Yeah, no, I, I like that pick. Um, it just scares me because the Patriots have had random weeks where they've put up a lot of points. Um but honestly, maybe the lock of the week should have been the Patriots to win by one uh, because the Cardinals are so bad at home. Uh, but I know we all agreed no more Monday night games on lock of the week parlays. Good pick, though. I like it. I like it. Mitch, what you got? Yeah, well, Bean, I love it so much that it was also my under for the week. Um, nice. Kind of similar reasoning. And it's a miracle for once we're not going against each other on an over or an under. So that means it is destined to lose. Yep. <laughs> I'll take um, that as my over. <laughs> but, yeah, but I, I just look at it. I don't think Mac Jones is lighting up the scoreboard. Um, now, granted, there hasn't been a new Call of Duty come out here in a couple of weeks. So Kyler Murray might be balling out again, but I doubt it. The only thing that scares me is, you know, perhaps Hopkins goes off for a game and scores a couple of touchdowns and, and the Patriots have to come back and throw the ball a lot. But I don't think that's going to happen. 44 is a, a bit of a stretch. I could see this being like a 21 to 14 final, maybe 21, 18. Either one of those hits the under. So I'm rolling with you. All right, guys. Ride, ride or die together. I love it. Uh, I, I went for the safe pick guys. I'm sorry. Um, Broncos unders have only lost once this year. I think this is the first time in like four or five weeks that a Broncos over under has been above the number 40. 
And so when I saw that, I I had to take it under 43 for the Chiefs and Broncos. Yes, the Chiefs put up a lot of points, but my estimation is that they are going to win 30 to 10. The Broncos still do have a really good defense, um, but I think they're going to get tired late in the game, give up some points to Mahomes late. Um, But again, Russell Wilson still has more bathrooms in his house than he does touchdown passes. And therefore they're only going to put up 10. The chiefs will put up 30 and they'll hit the under by three. So there, yeah, there is bold of you to assume that they're going to score one more point than they did last week. (laughs) You're right. You're right. Especially against a like, like that's what really shocks me and and really makes me think that the under is going to hit is the Ravens pass defense is horrendous. Um, and they still only put up nine points. So against yep. the Broncos defense, that's actually pretty solid. I don't see it happening. Um, I guess you guys are both above me in the fantasy standing. So I can tell you, um, I put in a waiver request to pick up the chiefs defense this week because the commanders are on by. Um, and I love it because Russell Wilson doesn't put up points. Now that I say that, he'll put up uh, 40 this week, and everyone will start wondering, is Russell Wilson back? But uh, <laughs> from what I've seen this season, uh, Broncos country, let's ride and fall in a pit of mud or whatever. Uh, I guess a, a subway, fall in a pit of, of subway sandwiches that are spicy. So <laughs> there is The fall has been more like falling off of Pike's Peak. This season, yeah, honestly. <laughs> um, so yeah, give me yeah. that under. I'm playing it safe. Be, uh, Mitch, what it's you got? Serious. I yeah. I absolutely love it, but I love it so much that it's going to be hilarious when the Chiefs win by 45. <laughs> I know they're they're gonna win. They're gonna win like 44 to nothing or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I have enough faith in the in the Broncos defense. I think it's crazy. I, I, I haven't seen the stat updated for at least a week or two, but I know it's it holds true because the, the Ravens only put up 10 points and won against them. But it's like the Broncos would have only lost like two games so far this season if they could just put up at least 18 points per game, which is so sad um, that they can't even do that. They're averaging 13.8 points per game. Like... Okay. It's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Um, anyway, yeah, that that is pretty sad. Yeah, for as somebody living in Denver, I'm tired of talking the Broncos. I'm sure everybody from Denver listening to this is tired of hearing about the Broncos. So let's move on to our games of the week, and then we'll go to bed because it is late, boys. Uh, so Bean, who you got for your game of the week this week? Sunday night football. Los Angeles Chargers, Miami Dolphins is my game of the week. Kind of spice things up having seen both teams who we thought would win last week, both lose. Um, The Chargers at 6-6. That division is heating up. The the Raiders, I think, are only a game behind or something right now. Yeah. Um, And the uh, Dolphins had control of the AFC East. But – this is a weekend where Buffalo is playing the Jets, so they need to they need to sort of capitalize, or maybe they have extra incentive after that game. Um, so I think it's going to be two decent offenses 
Uh, obviously, Mitch, as we agreed earlier, Justin Fields is the better Justin this season. Um, Justin Herbert might have a say on that in the bye week. So this is my game to watch out for. I love it. It's definitely an interesting game. I have too many fantasy players playing in that game for me to watch it that closely because I might have a heart attack watching. <laughs> that's okay. Um, but my interesting game is in the one o'clock slate, a game that absolutely nobody cares about. It is the Texans Cowboys purely for the fact that I want to see how many different ways the Cowboys can jump in the Salvation Army kettle. <laughs> They've done it twice already. I'm expecting at least two more during the course of this game. And, you know, my heart is here for it. I need another Jack in the Box with Zeke and Dak. Just absolutely electric entertainment. Give me all the Tutty celebrations, boys. F- 54 points wasn't enough for you last week, Mitch? No. <laughs> Yeah, that's, I mean, I think they scored in just about every way possible last week against the Colts. I think they won the fourth quarter, like 33 to nothing or something crazy like that. Um, Yeah, I, they did that to the Colts. They did something similar to the Vikings. I, I agree. I think it's going to be a fun game to watch just to see how badly they can beat up on the Texans. Um. Another score, Gami, just because of the, uh, the the number of points that the the Cowboys score. Maybe. How many times has an NFL team scored sixty points? Uh, I don't know, but it doesn't happen. It doesn't no, happen. <laughs> it doesn't, and it might happen. Yeah, that's. I mean, honestly, I thought about taking that game as my over uh, with forty five because I think the Cowboys might put that up on their own. I thoroughly agree with you on that one. My my only hesitation is I could see the Cowboys being up similar to the uh, the Dolphins for two weeks ago. I could see the Cowboys being up thirty to nothing at halftime, pulling all their starters, and then nothing happening in the second half. Yes. Um. Anyway, my game of the week. We talked about it a lot already. I mean. My actual game of the week is Raven Steelers being a Steelers fan. The Steelers officially made the in the hunt graphic on uh, ESPN or NFL network. I forget which one, Um, which again, I know they're not going to make the playoffs, but still see them in the hunt. They won two games straight. Can you make it three in a row at home against a division rival with their backup quarterback? I hope so. Um, that's my game of the week, obviously, but my, my actual game of the week is the other end of the AFC North, the Ohio showdown between the Browns and the Bengals, just because, as we've said, uh, Joe Burrow has not beaten the Browns yet, and I think this is the first time he does, and I just I just want to see Deshaun Watson get his stuff just, like, beat up. Um, I, I, would, I would not mind seeing him throw four or five interceptions and get sacked about 10 times. So um, that's my game to watch because yeah, I have money on the Bengals to make the playoffs and I hate the Browns and even more hate Deshaun Watson. So (laughs) (laughs) AFC North hate week. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, Cool. So let's quickly touch on any games we missed and then let's go to bed boys. Cause It's uh, past 9 p.m. for me, which if anybody knows me, that's past my bedtime. It's past 11 p.m. for you guys on the East Coast. Um, 
games we didn't talk about. I think the only one we did not touch on. So go us. Panthers at the Seahawks. The Seahawks being three and a half point favorites. I almost made this my lock of the week with the Seahawks. But the Panthers have been a bit of a like a frisky team. They've they've played some teams close that they probably shouldn't have, even though they are 0-5 away. So I didn't want to touch this game, but I do like the Seahawks to win this by a lot. What do you guys think? Yeah, agreed. I think if Kenneth Walker is healthy um, for this one, um, should be a breeze. Although, I, like I like you said, they've had some like weird results. Like they beat the Buccaneers by like 18 earlier this season. Um I don't know. The, the The Panthers seem like a very interesting team, uh, although very. How can I put this? Like, if you're a Panthers fan, you're probably very frustrated. That's the word when you watch them play. So, I, th- I think the Seattle Seahawks should just should handle their business, especially if they want to keep in touch with the 49ers in that division. So, yeah, I agree. But I wouldn't touch this game. Yeah, no, I can't in good faith touch this game. I think the the craziest thing in the world to me is the fact that the Panthers are not last place in the division right now. Yeah. But the good old NFC South is the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, <laughs> any anything is possible. So um, the Panthers are 0-5 away. The Seahawks are definitely the better team on paper. But, you know, who knows? <laughs> um, cool. I think we touched on every other game. Um, Raven Steelers is, again is really the only one we didn't touch on, but I, I talked about it some, and I'm sure people don't like to hear my my bias towards the Steelers. Uh, so the bye week teams we've got the Falcons, the Bears, the Packers, the Colts, the Saints, and the Commanders. Um, just a personal gripe with this being the last week of the fantasy football regular season. In my opinion, teams should not have bye weeks this late into the season. One, I feel bad that teams had to play 13 straight games. And two, like I've got several guys on bye this week as I'm fighting for a playoff spot that I can't play. So uh, it's just a bit frustrating that my fantasy team doesn't get to play at its best. But what are you going to do? Any other thoughts on any of those teams or the bye week in general, guys? Darius, oh. I'll say one thing. Um Remember when Jeff Saturday won his first game and, and, you know, we mentioned on this podcast that the next three, four games will define who he is. Three straight L's. Um, so, yeah, I don't see it getting better for them once they get back from the bye week. It's the Vikings. So they should re- enjoy this this break. Yeah, they can't lose this week. <laughs> yeah. Sure. I, I just had one thought about the Commanders. Since they tied last week, does Taylor Heineke get like a pair of dunks instead of a pair of Jordans now? <laughs> <laughs> if if I'm him, I would I would not accept a pair of shoes um, because it's only for teams he beats. As cool as a tie is, no. And did they they've only played have they played the Giants only once so far this season? Um, that is a good question. Um. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Because they come back and they face the Giants right after the bye week. Yep. So, so that's that's his opportunity to earn his Jordans. All right. I love it. Double or nothing. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Either two pairs of Jordans, or you have to give back 
one of your pairs of Jordans for another team. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Great. Good episode, guys. Uh, Thanks for for being on late, chatting through technical difficulties, all that good stuff. Listeners, thank you for your support. We really appreciate it. We're all super busy, and uh, this podcast means a lot to us. Um, So it means a lot that you would listen to it. So give it a share if you enjoy it. Um, But either way, even if you don't, we're still wishing you the best in all of your betting endeavors and the last week of your fantasy football seasons as we enter week 14. We'll see you next week with our uh, fantasy football playoff results. And we wish you all the best.